0: We now have the pleasure of a live interview with Julian Adams. Julian will speak to the recent action by Governor Hochul to nominate a western portion of Lansingburg to the state and national registers of historic places. Good evening, Julian, and welcome. Thank well, you, David. Will you tell us a, a bit about your, your background and how you ended up here in New York at, with the Office of Historic Preservation? Well, winding up here is
1: an interesting title. <laughs> I grew up in Georgia, actually, and got a master's in historic preservation from the New- University of Georgia. Had a hard time finding a job in the South and finally wound up getting one in New York State. Thought I'd be here for two years and 34 years I am still here. Um, I chose preservation as a career because historic buildings, the history inv- abided in them, the stories embodied in them. So also the way they represent our history physically appealed to me very much. I always call them books written in wood and stone. Um, as well as collections
0: of them as well, like tire Libraries. That's a beautiful image. What is your work with the New York State Parks and Historic Preservation, and what do they do for New York State?
1: Well, I worked for the New York State Historic Preservation Office, also known as the State Historic Preservation Office, or SHPO for short, for 33 years. I retired in October 2021. Um, that office actually is in, uh, embodied all the federal state preservation programs that are put together by New York State and the United States government. And there's quite a few of them out there. The primary goal of the State Preservation Office is to help communities, cities, towns, villages, counties, and even the entire state understand what historic resources are out there and move to try to recognize them, understand them, research them, and in certain cases, provide incentives for the rehabilitation or restoration or reuse so they don't fall into disrepair or vanish. Much of the State Preservation Office's work derives from the National Historic Preservation Act of 1966, which was a direct reaction to the urban renewal disasters, which we have plenty of in the Capital District, including looking at the Empire State Plaza and the
0: 787 Highway along the river. We've been interviewing people about the urban renewal period in in the 60s, and that's impacted the city of La- or the area of Lansingburg absolutely and recently the governor yeah. nominated this section of of Lansingburg to the register what was at stake in in the area that prompted this kind of response?
1: Well, the National Register listing, actually listing on the National Register of Historic Places, is an honorific. It provides no protection or to those resources. and that's one great misunderstanding of the National Register. It is a way to understand, research, identify, and and put down in a nomination form the history of a building, a district, an area. We can do thematic district, uh, listings of things across the state, such as post offices, things such as things like that. But primarily, it's an honorific, but as part of that honorific uh, designation, There are benefits, credits, and grants available to buildings and properties listed on the National Register. They're not available to anyone else. Primarily, we have things such as federal and state tax credits that provide a return on a private entity's or commercial entity's investment into that building to put them back in use. There are also grants available to municipalities and not-for-profits, including church buildings that are only available to properties listed on the National Register of Historic Places. So the money goes where the mouth is. You know, we put something on the National Register and we also use that designation to bring benefits to help level the playing field between that area and new construction. One great problem we've had in America, and this is becoming more and more obvious and more and more writing and uh, teaching has been done about it, is the car culture, how it's ripped our communities apart and also plowed through our communities. And somewhat... Uh, dissolved the community base that a small urban area has. So what we're looking to do with these preservation uh, designations and the incentives that come forward is to, well, to borrow a phrase from, of all people, King Charles II, (laughs) I believe he is now, to reweave the urban fabric. Because it certainly was ripped to shreds many times by the interesting car-centered Urban planning of the 1950s and 60s. So, our goal is to put those places back to use. Sometimes I tell people, people always ask what I did for a living. It was very hard to answer them. And I finally came up with one thing I like to help turn the lights back on (laughs) because we have areas that need that investment.
0: How long did it take for this process to uh, mature and develop? And were there obstacles along the way? It took quite a
1: few years. I think maybe within the last five years, uh, myself and a couple of staffers went around the Second Avenue area of Lansingburg, which was always a historic commercial core there. That's where some of the earliest buildings of Lansingburg are, to try to understand what kind of district would be possible there. We were looking at properties that were primarily commercial in nature because the most beneficial tax credits are for commercial rehabilitations. That's rental residential, business, anything that makes an income for an investor. There are rehabilitation tax credits at the state and federal level that, as I said earlier, provide up to twenty percent return on the investment in the property.
0: Who are some stakeholders who are interested in, in moving into this effort and project well i think one thing that happened is downtown
1: troy has been very successful with these credits about 10 years ago the state preservation office decided to open reopen the national register district listing there which are collections of buildings that tell a story in this case the downtown of troy was telling a story through its buildings we opened that nomination and added something like 300 extra buildings to an older nomination and something like 50 to 60 rehabilitation projects have been enabled in downtown Troy. Many of the things that people look at and go to and shop and eat at and just see in downtown Troy were beneficiaries of this listing and the credits it brought with it. And we were looking at how can we do that in Lansingburg? There is a commercial core in Lansingburg that people used. And in fact, it's actually older than the commercial core of downtown Troy because it was a separate village before Troy was even founded. So we were looking to see how can we bring those incentives that have done very good work in downtown Troy, how can we bring them basically up the river? And the first place we were looking for was that commercial core that we could identify that had integrity of buildings and design, rich history, and make a difference in that area by putting that overlay on there. So about five years ago, we walked through the area Um, made some maps and worked with the city. Of course, wheels of government can turn very slowly, but also they get where they need to go eventually. And the city hired a preservation consultant to do the work, to do the research, and prepare what we call the nomination to the National Register of that area. The place has to hold together historically, architecturally, and otherwise just physically as well. You can't make great leaps over areas, and you have to have a common story in the area. And that commercial area and the early buildings, including residential buildings, associated with the story that was being told. So the whole goal is literally to bring incentives and hopefully more investment up into this part of Troy, which has had a long history of disinvestment.
0: Are there opportunities for entrepreneurs to develop... Uh, businesses or for homeowners to acquire properties. absolutely the
1: there are two credits for New York State there's the commercial credit commercial rehabilitation credit which is for income producing buildings Mm -hmm. okay so you'd have somebody setting up a shop a restaurant a a rental property of multi or single rental, whatever they need. There's also, lucky for New York State, a residential tax credit for homeowners that have buildings in the district that contribute to the district, which they tell part of the story, and that is a 20% credit that may be taken every year if certain criteria are met. It's a way to enable people to fix up their homes, stay in their homes, add to the value of their homes. Because as we know, a lot of American personal wealth is bound up in our houses and our residences. And we're trying to make sure that people who have buildings and want to stay where they are can invest in them and also add to their, uh, what do you want to call, generational wealth in those buildings, as well as planting the flag that we are still here and that is a stable neighborhood.
0: There are many churches in Lansingburg and Troy with congregations that are dwindling and their properties expensive. Are there strategies or opportunities for these communities to repurpose their buildings? Absolutely. Let's start with churches first. Churches that are active, there are opportunities
1: through the uh, um, consolidated funding application process for New York State to take part in what's called the Environmental Protection Fund monies. Now, that is for repair, not for things that enable the practice of religion, but basically the building, keep the roof on, keep the windows tight with things such as that. There's also um, other grants in New York State through the sacred sites program out of the New York City Landmarks Conservancy to help people with things such, as how do you understand your HVAC? How How do you understand your handicapped accessibility? Anything that keeps the building in operation. We also have a lot of buildings that have uh, church buildings that have a lot of extemporaneous or no longer usable buildings. So those are being turned actually across the state, not only in, in uh, Troy, into things such as housing, uh, live workspace, live um, artist studios, offices. We've had quite a few of those across the state as educational buildings have basically been grown out of as the congregation goes down. And they've been used using the tax credit. St. Augustine's up in Lansingburg, the Convent area has been turned into such an uh,
0: affordable housing project using the credits. Well, that will certainly help bring a resident community into the area and that would help with commercial opportunities is that a, a vision that is percolating within the community?
1: I would hope so. I know I've had some conversations about that in Lansingburg because a lot of these churches. Well, these churches are major landmarks in our communities. They represent the heart and the soul, the blood, sweat, and tears, and dollars and cents the people that built the community. They are landmarks of the area, and they should remain. And sometimes, as we know, the demographics change and aging uh, populations change. And again, as I said, the buildings kind of people kind of grow in, in into the out of the larger area into smaller pieces of the building. It's able to keep those buildings in the landscape, provide a community resource, and also provide everything from housing to office space. It's a great way to put investment back in the community while
0: not losing the landmark buildings that are there. How how can our listeners become informed or involved in participating in this renovation?
1: I think you would want to contact the State Historic Preservation Office. It's conveniently located on Peebles Island State Park, really just not too far from where we're sitting right now. They have a team of historians and technicians and architects and Lansingburg architects and anybody else who can help you understand the program. I now work for a firm out of Buffalo, uh, Carmina Wood Design, doing preservation projects elsewhere, Um, but there's plenty of people at that office who can help you understand how these programs work. In particular with Lansingburg, we want to get some successful projects going there to show the way.
0: Julian, are there any other observations or comments you no questions have? Questions, or you want to add? Oh, I don't know. I just, I, uh, I,
1: I think I. People asked how I got into this field. I was probably the only twelve-year-old going to the downtown area, going, "Why are this ripping up those windows? They're perfectly good," and building using my building blocks to we historic buildings. So it's a passion of mine. And everybody who works in preservation, we didn't wind up accidentally. We found it. Exi- we found it, and found our way into the program and into the field.
0: Julian, thank you so much for participating in, the, in this interview. I think many of our, our people walk the streets and, and see and become despaired, mm-hmm. and to have a, a, a process and support of the state certainly seems an opportunity for people to get a different vision and, uh, and a different hope. I hope so as well. Thank you, David.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for joining us again and telling us more about what's going on with the western portion of Lansingburg to uh, to get it registered for the state and national registers of historical places.